Welcome to the Menopause Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Willis, author of Cookie Dough in the Dark and Vibrant Living with Tanya. Menopause is like going through puberty again. Your body is changing, your hormones are shifting, but instead of being a lost teenager, it's the perfect opportunity to reinvent your life and take stock of your emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Gain wisdom, be empowered, and learn the strategic skills and the inner work that can be done simply so that the last half to third of your life is vibrant and amazing. Subscribe and share this podcast with your gal pals, and thank you for joining me. Hello, everybody. I have a special guest with me today, Tracy Rice. We met online. Doesn't everybody meet online every <laughs> nowadays? Anyway, I love meeting online because she's in the States. I never would have met her. So welcome to Tracy or welcome Tracy to my podcast today. Tracy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Tanya. I'm so happy to be here. I uh, live in Ohio and I am a mental health therapist and a coach. I also teach yoga and I think that we have that commonality because we are in the fitness world as well. And uh, I have two kids. They're, they're a little older. Uh, they're not young. So I have a 33-year-old and an 18-year-old. So it's a big gap. So um, I kind of forget the days of diapers, or I have chosen to forget the day of diapers, <laughs> mate, perhaps. Yes. Yes. You know what? We were just talking about kids um, before we hopped on here, because, you know, I think part of menopause like, you know, the whole concept of this menopause made simple is a lot of us are in that stage of, you know, our kids are out of diapers, uh, you know, they're older, mine are coming home from university. So now I'm transitioning from, you know, being a, 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 a mother again, like a full-time summer mother. And it's a different hat to put on. And I love my kids. And I'm definitely going through this morning stage of my children because I wish sometimes I could just put every all of us in a little time capsule, go back to like those bedtime stories. But on the other hand, I so love my time. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, so when they're home for the summer, it's great. I get like a four month fix. And this could be the very last summer I have my kids home. There could be another one. But so, you know, part of part of my joy, because I love being a mom, is that they're home, I have a very flexible work schedule, is that I can, you know, make sure that we're eating together, or at least preparing food and, you know, passing each other off in the hallways and, and just playing some mother role. So you're in the same position, right, with your, your 33-year-olds, you know, gone, gone, but you're 18, this yeah. is your little baby, you know, and yes. then, so how do you feel about motherhood in this transition? Uh, it's bittersweet. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I mean, I'm happy that he's moving on and I can really focus on my life because my kids, both of them played a lot of sports, like all year round played sports. And I remember I spent so much time. I didn't even realize how much time I spent taking them to their sporting events. So just to have time and go to, um, I'm in book clubs and spiritual clubs and all kinds of things. And, um, I work, you know, the job I work, I work later hours. I could have never done that when my kids were younger. So it has freed up things. So that's the sweet part, but the bitter is just, you know, you just miss them being young and it's a whole nother world when they're older. Cause you have a whole nother, <laughs> I don't know, you don't have control over them. So sometimes it's challenging, you know, like when they're small, you can help them and protect them. But when they're older, you have to watch them make decisions and you may not always agree with that. So I've, I have found that challenging, but definitely yeah, that is challenging. You know what? It, yes. It's the control thing, right? Because you know, no. you've laid the foundation, but then you have society and peers and everything and media and all this stuff influencing their decisions. And then it can be like, Oh, my baby, you know, and listen, we went through the same thing with our parents, but yeah, I would say, that definitely sometimes I feel that, um, that, that, you know, I, I'd like to, you know, bring them back in a little bit, but yeah, life. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's part of our life too, to let it's them part go. Of our life. <laughs> yeah. So what's it like being a mental health therapist? Can you explain what, 
you know, maybe some, you know, keeping this with menopausal age women, you know, over the age of 40, 50, you know, 60 in that range, what kind of things are people coming to see you about? Like what, what's going on with people these days? And we're going to talk about some other things, but just some common issues and maybe some, you know, just honest, like very surface level, because obviously, you know, everybody's individual. This mm-hmm. is not your private therapy coach session as, le- as as much as I'd like one right now. <laughs> but um, so just, maybe we can do that one day. <laughs> that's right, we can. So what what do you find happening with women these days? A lot of relationship issues, um, and I I say across the board, it's relationships in their marriage, or they're in a divorce, or going through a divorce, or their relationship with themselves or their kids or their friendships. So that's what I see. Okay. Well, yeah. And that's huge because it's interesting. We were just talking, I was talking to, um, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Why can't I remember her name? Uh, Heather. And we were actually talking about food and we were Mm -hmm. talking about how, when we're by ourselves, right. We're in this little cocoon. We feel one way but then when we start to have a husband and children or going through life it affects our eating it affects our emotions and we don't have the emotional skills to deal with it so you know probably I'm putting words in your mouth but you can correct me um is I know that I deal with a lot of women that have eating issues and self-image issues and weight issues and it's not necessarily the food. The food is what they're using be- to soothe themselves because they don't know the other skills. And that's part of what you're doing, right? Is you're teaching these women maybe communication skills with their husband, or if their children are in the position that our kids are in, how to deal with letting go of being a full-time mother and moving into this your 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 time, right? Which can be very scary for a lot of women. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I help them see, and I I probably do it maybe a little bit differently because everything that's going on, a lot of times people look at it as, you know, their husband's the problem, but I'm like, what is he showing you about you? What, what can, what can you learn? Cause really, he's really showing you, you. And even if it's, her husband's a jerk, let's say. He really is a jerk, let's say. And according to her, he's a jerk. But let's say he really is. Still, he's showing he's showing her something about her. The fact that she may stay or leave or let him affect her. That is her work. And, mm-hmm. uh, and also just even regular. I have a lot of people with work-related problems, it seems like right now, too. I'll be honest with you. And so we talk a lot about shadow selves and it's a Jungian concept. I don't know if you ever talk about it on here. Probably not. Um, but shadow selves, and I could make it really brief because um, this is part of what I was going to talk about. Like mm-hmm. loving yourself is really seeing yourself. And when I say seeing yourself, it's the good, the not so good and, and the ugly. And a lot of people, I believe, and what I see in my coaching and therapy is that they're not seeing themselves. And it's it's kind of challenging because sometimes you may not like what you see. And a lot of times people don't know how to look for it, but it's happening all over the place. But a lot of times shadow selves can show you something about yourself. And shadow selves, it happens um, when anyone kind of creates a feeling in you that's of discomfort they could possibly be a shadow self meaning they're doing something that you do and you don't like in yourself so when you see them do it it will trigger you to have this uncomfortable feeling or it could be they're doing something that you wish you could do or be or have and that triggers a shadow self within you and it's just showing you we're all everybody's kind of like a reflection of you and that includes your life it's reflecting what you are so that's a good way to see yourself too 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I've always, I, I years ago, I, I, I don't know. I was, you know, it's, it, I'll back up here. I don't edit anything. So just pretend that was taken out all the little grunting there, but uh, <laughs> is that we always tend to say to people, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And I say, I said this to myself and you can choose, you know, if you're listening to this to really be aware of this one thing, how many times you're telling other people to do things, you should read this book. You should watch this. You should right? And instead point that finger back and ask yourself, okay, when you're, and, and listen, I even stopped shooting on myself, right? I'm like, I should do this more. I should do that more. And then I'm like, okay, what do I want? And this is, this so this is part of what I realized is when I was trying to tell other people to do things I was like okay well what is that what am I trying to what what's the deeper meaning behind that like why do I want them to do all this kind of stuff right and part of it with my kids is control right and so me letting go of that control and letting them you know I can only offer so much advice to them and I really learned to wait until they ask me instead of preaching it because it just turns them off. So there's a lot of things I've had to learn. And then with my husband, really, I love that thing. Like he, when he triggers me, instead of me having a reaction, and I've been working on this since my 20s. I've not been married since my 20s. I was married in my 30s. But I read a book. Oh, it's called The Road Less Traveled. And I read a sentence mm-hmm. in it. And it said, don't react on emotion. And I have never forgotten that. I was about 25. Because when when my husband and I are chatting and if we have you know differences of opinions I always say he'll say do you want to talk about it and I said you know what let me just let me just think about this because I don't want an irrational yelling match or fighting to start out I want to think about how this is affecting me and what my part is to play and I think part of that is taking the ownership right which which is what you said which can be very difficult because not that I'm perfect but that means now I have to address my issues and one of them I've been really working on is being defensive right and so I've been working on why am I defensive and I've actually uncovered a lot of things but it takes that work to be like when you're in an argument or having conflict to not be um to to turn it around and go okay how where is this triggering me? What do I feel? What do I feel in my body? What work do I need to do? Instead of what I used to do is go and grab a Snickers bar and eat a Snickers bar or some alcohol and not think about the problem. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people do that. And it's, it seems like it's the easy route because it temporarily works really quick, but really then you got another problem because now your inner critic is probably beating you up because you did that and you're trying to stay on your meal plan or whatever. But yeah, I think that's great that you're really seeing it and looking within um, when things are happening and not reacting, kind of figuring it out before you discuss things with your husband. I think that's great. And that's a practice skill that takes a lot of practice to be able to say when you're in a heated, um, a heated argument or having, uh, you know, discussions with your children, just to say, hey, everybody, like, I just need five minutes, or can we talk about this tomorrow? I just need to take some time and reflect, right? Because a lot of times people are like, no, 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 well, tell me what's wrong. Let's fix it now. And I'm like, part of it is like, I don't know what's wrong right now. I need to see what my part is in this bigger picture. And I, I really want to be able to understand where I'm coming from because it's very easy to blame and point fingers mm-hmm. and put the other person down. And, and instead of saying like taking responsibility and saying, you know, I hear you, I hear your point. I'm going to sit on it. <laughs> I'm going to percolate it. Um, and let's just, you know, let the air clear that, that, that's, a skill in and of itself to be able oh, to step yes. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that actually you went into the other topic I was gonna or not topic. The other thing about seeing yourself is <clears throat> you talked about blame. And I see this so much in coaching and therapy that people don't really see that 
they're using a lot of defense mechanisms to not see themselves. And a lot of times I'll be honest with you, and I'm not just saying this because I do this for a living, but I, I have my own therapist and coaches and I, I feel like it takes a village of healers. It's kind of hard to sometimes see it. Yes. So um, a defense mechanism, the two that I see the most, well, I see a lot, but you said blame. And this just happened to me. I, I really was triggered by my therapist. And what happened is, and it's a quick story, I, I had an appointment, but I had it down in my calendar wrong. And so when I missed the actual appointment, because he was right, I, um, he texts me and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had it down wrong. It's my mistake. It was such an honest mistake. And he talked about a cancellation fee. And I was so triggered by that. <laughs> so triggered. And at first I was so mad at him because I was like, why would he, you know, charge me this? It was an honest mistake. But then I had to do kind of what you were saying. I had to say, wait a minute. Okay, I'm triggered by him. This really isn't about him. He's showing me something. He's showing me something I need to explore. And I probably have some healing that needs to go along with this. And I really looked at myself. And I, I saw that I had a little narcissistic moment of why do I think that I'm um, beyond his rules and policies. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of hard to, people don't do it because it's it, you're not going to like some things that you see. And also, I also saw that I struggle with implementing that policy of a cancellation with my own clients. And so he really triggered me. But once I took the blame off of him, and years ago, I would have never done that. I would have just been blaming him and I perhaps would have stopped seeing him. Mm -hmm. But when I looked within, that's when I could see and then work on what is that all about? Because there's even layers underneath that of unfairness. Self-worth comes up, right? When you, because I know yeah. in my business for anybody who is running their own show, I tell you, it's a lot. You are everything in this business. And some days I would love to have a receptionist that collects money um, and not have it be me or charge the cancellation fee and not have it be me because, because my soft side comes out, but it's like, that's my time. And right. And that's his time. Mm -hmm. And he could have had a client and he has bills to pay and a life to live. And so, you know, you can understand that, but you say, but what about like, can't I be the exception today? um right and then for your business it's like okay why aren't I doing this right where's my self exactly why don't I value my time right yes and that's why when you take those defense mechanisms and kind of move them aside you can start to see where your work lies and where your lessons are and where your involvement is going to happen because you see them Oh my God, we could be here for 10 hours just talking about. <laughs> okay, so what was what blame was one and what was another one? Oh, I see denial a lot. Denial. Oh gosh, yes. <clears throat> okay, talk about people that one for a moment. Well, people don't really um think it's them, you know, or I mean, my biggest one was regarding relationships and men. I just thought there wasn't any good men for the longest. And then one day, maybe my therapist helped me see this because it is kind of hard to see, you know, because you're, you're going to find evidence for what you believe your brain is just oh, going to yes. naturally do it. So like, you know, in the movies, it's always, <laughs> he's not right, but the woman's perfect, you know, and so my brain it just kept getting confirmed what I believe. But one day, I remember I thought because I had a few different relationships that it didn't end up well and the men you know weren't uh faithful is probably the biggest thing and I kind of was like you know what um I am the common denominator mm -hmm. <laughs> I started laughing and it was like I had this big aha moment I was in such denial that you know of looking at there's just no good men and you know and I just didn't really see the whole big picture with me in it because I was the common denominator in all of it. 
Hmm. So denial is a big one. Another one I see a lot is um, minimizing and maximizing, like minimizing a problem. Like let's say it's with food or weight or debt, like, you know, kind of saying, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I have it under control and not really seeing that it is an issue or, um, you know, just not seeing you in all your worth. A lot of people don't see that either and they've learned it, they've had trauma, they've had experiences or they have these beliefs that lead them to to not really see themselves in all kind of ways, even the good. They'll minimize the good or maximize the bad. There's all kind of things, but I see a whole lot of them and I and part of my job I feel is to help people see it cuz it is I always say in therapy and coaching it's hard to see the picture when you're in it sometimes. I mean, it's not you, once you kind of get it, you can kind of see it more. Cause you'll see, like, you'll start to notice your triggers and then you'll know that that's just showing you your, your, um, your wounds, your healings, your, uh, your work basically. Mm. So you'll see that. Um, but sometimes you need to help with, for people to help you see it. Mm-hmm. so absolutely yeah. no you know what you hit on a couple of things here like um the uh the, the brain finds evidence for what you want to so when you believe something you will surround yourself so laura in an interview laura uh, that i had with laura she wanted to leave her job and she was asking all the people in her job that had you know pensions <laughs> and, and safety and i said laura you have to ask me entrepreneurs for themselves to get different perspective because you're just going to keep getting the evidence to stay there even though you want to leave but that then you're really going into discomfort so again like how do you sit in that discomfort like we've just gone through uh you know three years of not being some of us not being allowed to voice our opinion we're getting this cancel culture I don't even you know what I don't even understand it I don't even really you know partake in a lot of this kind of stuff so because it affects me because I think Mm -hmm. we have a right to an opinion and because I have an opinion that's different than yours doesn't mean I hate you it means we should be able to have a conversation and we're losing the art of having conversation when we don't agree with things so what's happening is you become very insular in a world of people with only your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions. And then that further stops you from being able to see things about yourself or about the world when you're not getting perspective. And this lack of perspective is not very good for us. So Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons people are doing this lack of perspective is because they don't, they feel safe not having it. So when you feel safe, because remember, you are, your body just wants to feel safe. You as a being wants to feel safe. You are looking to validate your feelings. And when you feel unsafe, we don't know how to deal with that anymore, right? We, and, and unfortunately, you know, this is, I can speak from my own experience, but, you know, I didn't even realize that I had this safety, unsafety issue But when I felt unsafe, you can call it unsafe or discomfort, I would turn to food or I would turn Mm -hmm. to alcohol. Now, I could have turned to drugs, which I chose not to. I could have turned to gambling. I could have turned to porn. I could have turned to something that numbed how I felt. So I didn't have to feel this or deal with it because I'm like, what do you do? Like, what happens? And I think another thing you touched on, which is kind of what you know, I go through sometimes is I feel like I'm invincible. I feel like I can eat whatever I want because I'm, I I work out and it does not work that way. Right. I am not invincible. Things are happening to me because of the choices I made. And I talk about this, putting my big girl pants on and making different choices that are in alignment with my values. So, I mean, this is a really interesting conversation because you have your values what do you value in life right and now that we're entering this this stage where we're you know perhaps leaving motherhood or motherhood is changing its hat or your relationship you look at your husband and go oh geez like 
I'm not getting something. The work starts with you. Like, what are your values? What is it you want? What are you, what are you keeping yourself safe from and stuck? Maybe that you are afraid to step into a different role. And that's scary. It's very Mm -hmm. scary. Right. I love all of your points. And just, just to bring up my son for a moment here, you know, he's going to be 21 soon. He has one more year of university. And I remember being like him. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And he has his, his, his head in the clouds, right. Of what real life is. And I think what happens, like we've, I've been talking to him and you got to talk, you know, in, in like three minute spurts and then drop the side. <laughs> but it's like, oh, that's interesting. Have you explored this? Because you, there's fantasy land and then there's reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and reality, this adulting phase that he's entering is not all, it's changing. It's a massive change for kids. And I also think going through this menopausal stage where you are, you know, changing your relationship with your children, your your relationship with your husband might be changing, your work might be changing. And it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm having, having this metamorphosis. How do I transition? And so one of the reasons we decided to have this podcast today was how do we step into our self-worth? How do we say, I am worth it? And what does that even mean, right? And I know I lack self-worth and self-confidence and self-esteem. And I see how many ways I hold myself back to keep myself safe. (laughs) And I see them. And I still have a hard time breaking through. So if you can't even see them, you can see where the frustration comes up and the, the anger and the, you know, I don't know, complacency or whatever. I'm not sure, but, um, any thoughts on that, Tracy, Dr. Tracy? Yeah, well, I, (laughs) I do believe it's a journey that you working on us all working on loving ourselves and finding our worth is a journey that doesn't have an end destination and it's going to, you're going to continue to work on it until the day you leave this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, your spirit leaves this earth. Right. And understanding that, and it's going to have, it's going to ebb and flow also. Um, but I do think, um, cause this is my kind of next point, And I, I feel like finding this worth and this love, you really have to see yourself and see that it's all happening for you and with you not to you it's all happening to show you where the work is right and I think the next thing is really having compassion and grace for yourself through the through Mm -hmm. the whole thing and and I know people struggle with this because I'll I'll say this in in coaching and therapy and and I think a lot of people struggle with this and I I always tell them it is a practice. It's like I'm telling you to go ride a bike that you don't know how to ride when I tell you have compassion and grace for yourself. And with compassion and grace, you're not going to always know how to ride it because a lot of people are so used to punishing themselves and beating themselves up because they want to be this, this particular person or have these particular things. So notice what you're noticing is the first thing and um, even though it's something that is challenging for you compassion and curiosity about that because even with my son as soon as you start to try to control um, like your your kids he'll say something to me because we were talking about a situation that happened and he was like you know I'm gonna go up there and go off on them and my first instinct as a mom was to try to control him like no, you're not. Why would you think that that would be a good idea? But and we do this to ourselves too. But I, I stopped and I was like, let me just get curious because that's a, a loving way to do it. And I said, so why do you think that would work? And, and, you know, he kind of told me <laughs> and I just kept being curious, you mm-hmm. know, and asking him questions like, do you think, has that worked for you before? And my questions were really like out of curiosity, not trying to, trying to control him. And there's a big difference because people will open up to you when you're not trying to control them, especially your kids. Yeah. Because kids, 
I used to work in high schools and middle schools. Kids see that as my mom or dad thinks there's something wrong with me and they have to fix me. That's why they keep telling me I should do this and I should do that. And you kind of touched on that earlier. Kids take that as there's something wrong with me. They think they're, they need, and then they start to sometimes believe there's something wrong with them. Same with us. If we keep saying we should do this, that is an implication that there is something wrong and you need to be fixed. No, there's not. You're just seeing your work and you're going to move forward with that. And you can only do that with grace and compassion is seeing like, oh, okay, this is what I need to work on in this issue. And we're all works in progress, right? Mm -hmm. And grace is like, I'm going to fall off the bike. And I'm going to get back up and have grace for myself because I'm learning. I'm learning about myself. I'm learning about the world. I'm learning how to love myself and be curious, compassionate, and graceful with it. And it is a practice for sure. It is a practice. And, you know, it's really interesting because um, many people know I've struggled with sugar um, and eating, overeating. That was my drug of choice, right? And so I feel sometimes... Like I have to be perfect. I have to have this thing nailed down before I share it with anybody. So part of me doing this podcast is I've been, and I have been for years with, you know, the people that come into my program and in my book, very vulnerable, very real, very like, you know what I have compared to where I was, I am so much better and I don't aim for perfection, but what I've really learned to do is to ask be curious about myself so I went from berating you're such an idiot why would you do that you're so disgusting like I can't believe anybody wants to be around you like horrible things horrible right really low self-esteem low self-confidence and people are like Tanya I don't even believe that about you but it's true right I have I have these feelings and I know where a lot of them come from and I, you know, and now I, instead of berating myself, I say, oh, that's interesting. Why do you think you did that? What, what made you eat the cookie or what are you feeling? Where do you feel it in your body? Oh, or, oh my goodness, you know, you just ate that cookie without even being aware. Now let's reflect back on how we could pause next time and just ask yourself a question. And so I'm still learning. I'm, this is a big bike I am trying to ride. And mm -hmm. I, I fall down a lot. And I think it's, you know, I always used to think again, like I had to be perfect before I told everybody and I had to have everything figured out, but you're never going to have everything figured out. And just when like in my book, Cookie Dough in the Dark, just when I thought I had everything figured out, then something else triggered me. And so I call this like the layers of the onion, right? And so you, you peel that first layer off and you think, oh, everything's so great now. And then somebody goes, pick. <laughs> Like, I know <laughs> oh, no now I have to deal with with that issue and I yeah. think turn it around to the words which I use as well as curiosity compassion I don't use grace but I use curiosity compassion and journey and practice and mm -hmm. it's there's not a destination and this this whole life that we're leading right now is 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 it's, it's kind of like a roller coaster. Sometimes there are highs and there are lows and that's life. It's not always high. If you don't have the highs, you can't appreciate the lows or, and vice versa. And we live in this, this world where everybody's like, you're just supposed to be happy and you're supposed to be happy all the time. And you're supposed to, and it's not true. It's, it's just mm -hmm. simply not true. And I think the more I'm open and vulnerable and real, which people, you know, message me and say, your realness is contagious. Um, Right. And I'm not hiding behind somebody who has all their their shit together. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's I mean, human. And and there's still things that I'm really working on um, to move forward. And, and it's interesting, um, just this this evolution that we're going through as a species, because I think there is more introspection now. There's more possibility within us. Um, and it's exciting. Yeah, um, it is. But if you're stuck in that fight flight stage, like I was, and I'm, I'm, you know, it's very hard to even take that first step until you start to kind of calm your nervous system. And I'm um, just, listen, there's so many, there's so many interesting things you can do, but I think I one, of the, one of the ones is self-worth, like stop comparing yourself to other people, which is what I, 
if, if you want one way to really um like take yourself down a notch sometimes because <laughs> mm-hmm. you always tend to compare yourself to people that are better than you. Mm-hmm. And so what I did with this one, instead of comparing and have envy and jealousy is like, Oh, I wonder what they're doing. Right. I wonder what, how they've, what, what kind of skills they're learning or mm-hmm. how their day is. And so that's kind of how I'm using it as, a positive rather than uh, it affecting my worth negatively. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, you can even think, I wonder what they worry about, (laughs) you know, and kind of normalize them and humanize them for sure. Um, But with the compassion, I think people sometimes are afraid to do it because they think that they're just going to fall into like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to be okay with me not following my meal plan. And, and sometimes when we beat ourselves up, it does work, but it only is working like 50% of the time. But we know like love is the strongest and greatest energy there is. So I just think it's a practice of finding that love and tapping into it and meeting yourself where you're at is a big one that's showing yourself love. So if you know, if you're trying to work on your sugar intake, maybe if this is good for you and you have three donuts a day, you start out with meeting yourself where you're at and you go down to two. Cause we know that restriction thing is a, is a big psychological thing too. As soon as you say no more donuts, you're going to want the donuts even more than you used to want the donuts. Mm-hmm. So I always help people meet themselves where they're at, give themselves grace. And to me, that's showing you love and showing your body that is showing love because we're progressing to where we want to go and working on the psychology of getting us to, to where we want to go also. So what are, I'm going to ask you, what are some of the things that you do to love yourself? And I'll just, you know, talk about one that's kind of funny for me, but I actually do love myself. Like I have completely, wholly accepted all the good, the bad and everything in between about myself. I look at myself naked in the mirror. I have for years. I am like, you know why I I did this? Because I looked at pictures in my teens and twenties when I was hated on my body. Like I was, your thighs touched, look at the the fat around your belly and just constantly criticizing myself. And then- Then one day I just said, you know what? You're going to look back on that girl and you're going to go, boy, she had no wrinkles on her face and she had energy and she had the best hair and who cares? And so now what I've learned is to love myself at every age of every stage, because I'm going to look back and I'm going to be, why did you do that to yourself? And I don't want to be stuck how I was as a teenager in 20s. So I had a lot of changes in my 30s. Um, and I do, I, I completely love all parts of me. Now, are, are there things I'd like to change? Yes, but that's okay. I can still love myself and want to improve myself, right? It's not yeah. an either or, or, and I think it's a healthy habit to look at your body. And if you can't look at your body naked, start with your face and just be like, I love my eyebrows. I love my eyes. Mm-hmm. I love that I say hi to people and I smile at people. Like find something that, you know, that you love about yourself that that helps other people. So what are some tips or things that you do to love on you? Um, I do the typical things. Um. So I'm not going to go into, you know, of course I try to work out and do physical things. Um, but you mentioned something that I, I, I'm working on right now in my therapy and with myself is um, you said, I love every part. And that's actually a therapy. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. It's internal family systems. And there's a part of us that could be a protector part that that's what happens kind of when we don't want to feel we are protecting ourselves from those feelings so we may eat. And so when you really give that love and see its purpose, that part of you that does that, and 
give it gratitude and appreciate that it's actually trying to help you, you'll see that part a lot differently. And uh, that part will respond to you a lot differently. It kind of will relax. So you may not have to do that eating to escape it. So I really do try to look at all my parts and see that there's no bad parts. Like literally, even the inner, the inner critic in you, and most of us have that, it's a part of you that's serving a purpose. And mine is usually, it's trying to help me be better, but it, it reminds me of my dad, like he was very critical. <laughs> but I feel like my dad was just trying to help me, but it's not very effective. I feel like that part of me. So knowing there's no bad parts and seeing them is really important. And then lastly, because I don't want to just give the typical because everybody knows like to try to eat right and all, you know, mm -hmm. to try to think right, try to feel, you know, feel your emotions. But understand there's a duality in life, meaning I, I love myself, but the duality is I don't, I, I'm learning to love all of myself, even the parts that I don't like. Like it's not black and white. Life's never black and white. Or like I want to be seen but being okay if I'm not seen kind of thing. I understand this duality and I kind of see it play out and I'll go, that's interesting. Like there is just, it's not black and white. So it's helpful. I feel like to not see it black and white because our human experience is not black and white, but I feel like we try to kind of make it that way, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it, but it ends up, you know, so loving yourself, even the parts you don't love is the duality. And that's where most people works. That's where your work lies, right? And everybody has their own thing that they're Everybody has on. their own thing. So, you know what? One of the big things that has, um, you know, just reflected on me again today hearing this is, you know, really noticing your triggers. So if you're in a conversation with people, and somebody says something you don't agree with. I love what you said earlier, because again, I, I was never taught how to deal with conflict. My husband loves conflict. Conflict for me is shrinking, right? Or like you said, fire your therapist, right? So I don't have to see him again. And yes. or I'm going to leave yeah. my marriage or I'm going to fire my housekeeper or I'm going to something. And I can definitely see, um, you know, in my business, sometimes like if, for example, if I, I think that everybody can eat however they want as a healthcare professional, uh, wellness person, I don't say you have to eat vegan. You have to eat vegetarian. They're like your toolbox. There's tools that work for everybody at different ages and stages in their life. And so I need to be very open and receptive to hearing things that are not in my belief so that I may help myself or somebody else. And so I can't close those doors. So one thing without, so without closing those doors for everybody that's listening, just try this as an experiment is when when you do feel triggered, ask yourself, Ooh, what belief are they poking at in me? Where do I feel this in my body? How does this make me feel? This is really interesting. Why do I need to hear this message right now? Um, and really, again, asking those questions instead of going, oh, I'm not going to call Betty anymore. Betty doesn't agree with what I'm saying, which is that defensiveness, yeah. that shut down, right? And it doesn't mean you have to have a full-on fight, but you can ask questions like, oh, that's an interesting perspective. Can you tell me a little bit more about your feelings? Or or how you think about it and start to invite different things in. And maybe that's not something you do at that second, but it's something that I know I have started to do when I feel open and receptive. And other times, if I'm not feeling as open, I'll be like, okay, just put that in the back of my mind. I will think about it, but I'm not ready to hear more. And so these are things that I've been doing because I don't want to be a closed off, shallow-minded, restricted small person right but I'm also not a huge uh asking for conflict so I I know mm -hmm. where boundaries are I can handle a little bit of it at a time and I think that's really important too is to understand what you can handle right mm -hmm. and yeah if, if you can't handle certain things ask yourself why can't I handle them 
right? And so, you know, it can be as simple as the fact that, you know, I love this one, but most emotions are supposed to be in motion, right? Mm -hmm. And there's so many of us that are not in motion these days for ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I love rolling, why I love, you know, working yoga, like you're, you're expressing yourself through movement. So maybe you, you need to invite some, some talk into your life, some movement. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking of the things that I think about. Yeah, no, I think asking your brain really good questions because it opens the door for maybe some answers and you have to be ready for the answers. So when you are triggered, you can say, what is this showing me? Mm-hmm. And then the focus is off of the person because you know you can just stay on that person. Like they always do this, this always happens to me with them. And then you might just shut them out, which you didn't really see what you were supposed to see. So when you say, what is this showing me about me? And that's what I did with my therapist when I got triggered. I was like, okay, what am I supposed to see? What is this showing? And as soon as I asked the question, I kind of have a practice of this though. It did come. But at first I really, honestly, I do this for a living. I did not see it. I was just mad because he was charging me $50 for a cancellation fee. Mm -hmm. And I really had to ask my brain a good question to, to be able to see it. And then I've told him since the whole story and now I charge cancellation fees. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I saw that kind of tad bit of narcissism that I, I didn't even realize was there, you know, and Can you touch on narcissism for a second. Like, what does that mean exactly? Like, okay. It's kind of, it, it's complicated, but in this instance, it was narcissistic people, believe that they the rules don't apply to them so like you know they're like above the rules or it shouldn't apply in my case it was more like I really honestly that was an honest mistake your Mm -hmm. policy shouldn't apply and I I had no regard well I shouldn't say no regard little regard for his time Mm -hmm. you know so I mean, we all have a tad, some of it is good for survival, but most of it is, um, it separates you, it disconnects you from people. Okay. You know, so hmm. it's very interesting, but I had to ask the question to, to get the answer. Yes. Well, that is learning how to ask good questions, right? And the other thing is, is that you ask the question and then whenever the answer comes, because this has happened to me, I go, oh, sharks, like darn it. <laughs> I yeah, was you- I was a little biachi or I <laughs> yeah I, yeah I need to improve my uh you know my whatever I mean gosh I've got so many things I'm working on but that's okay that's okay like that's I think that's the important thing to leave here today is that we're all working on things it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us it doesn't mean that we're broken and I think the more conversations we have the more we realize okay this is normal this Mm -hmm. is normal right here's this 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 therapist who goes to see a therapist (laughs) yes and here's this woman that's dealing with sugar and overeating who who you know surround gets you know coaching to so that I can see things. And this is why it is really important to be in a supportive group and get coaching because it is really hard to see the trees for the forest. Is that the saying? Like it really is when you're in your own little bubble, I'm telling you most of your day is spent in unconscious awareness. Yes, you're right. Unconsciously aware to you. And until you're really ready to pull back the layers, which some of it you can do by yourself, but then go and getting coaching and support to be like, you know what I, because I said to my husband the other day, I said, there's something inside of me that is so it's bubbling. It's bubbling. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I feel stagnant, right? I, there's something more and I'm, I, I'm, I can feel it, but I don't know what it is. And so I'm going to just trust in the universe and I'm going to open myself up. Um, and and see what unravels but um you know it's okay to have these these uncomfortable I wouldn't actually even say that one's uncomfortable I actually find that one quite exciting 
but to mm-hmm. understand that there's all these feelings and we don't have to have the answer today. You know, you just keep asking questions. So yes, yes. Oh, well, this has just been beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are welcome. You are welcome. So we talked a lot about today, you know, there wasn't like exactly step one, step two, step three, like we didn't lay it out on the line, but there was a lot of golden nuggets in here. There was a lot of opening up and vulnerability and just Mm -hmm. moving through life, right? Like, like you said, there's no, sometimes there's no one, two, three steps. It's just, if you can really start to ask yourself more questions and be curious, have compassion for yourself love yourself for who you are and just start to understand some of those things. Those are big things right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, this is beyond a bubble bath and a manicure. Like this yes. is, this is the soul work. This is the deep work of letting go of those shadows. Like you said at the beginning and allowing your light to shine in this beautiful world. Yes. Yes. Mm, okay any parting words and where can people find you tracy uh so you can email me and it's tracy rice so it's t-r-a-c-y-r-i-c-e 4041 at gmail.com okay i will put that in the show notes okay yeah reach out if you want to help see yourself yeah sometimes it's hard when you're (laughs) yeah so it's interesting work um and it to me it's it's key because you have to know what's going on you know you have to know you just have to know and the world is constantly showing us yeah so and it's time to get the quick fixes because the quick fixes are not working it's time to do that soul time oh yeah yeah it's layered and deep and a lot of people it's way deeper than just food and eating too much it's a symptom of something deeper for sure yeah Yeah. that's what i always say to people the food is just your your drug choice right yeah your your you know oh my gosh like i said again there's working on your healthy habits but if you're sabotaging yourself okay what's your worth what what's your Mm -hmm. value where so there's there's that work that even I will admit for a long time, I did not see the value in it because I was like, but I want to do something. And I feel like just sitting here and thinking about it isn't doing anything. And in fact, that is the, that is the value of the work. It's like yeah. asking yourself questions and being there and chatting it out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. All right, anything else before we head off? Um... No, I think I've said, you know, all that, you know, it's a good start, right? To It's a good start of a conversation of continuing to love yourself and, and uh, seeing yourself as part of loving yourself. So very good. Very good. All right, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for listening today. And I'll see you in the next episode.